Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Marianne Live. I'm Marianne Camarado, and ooh-wee, I want to say you're in the right place today. Uh, are you in a relationship? Have you ever had a relationship? Do you know anybody who's ever been in a relationship? I mean, you're in a relationship with yourself. So the big word for the day, of course, is relationship. And we're going to be talking about focusing a little bit more on the male contingent in the partnership. I know you ladies are all excited, and the men are perked up. All right, you are definitely poised and ready. But before we begin, we're going to invite our guest, Dr. Holly Parker, in just a minute to talk with us about her new book, If We're Together, Why Do I Feel So Alone? How to Build Intimacy with an Emotionally Unavailable Partner. That's what we're going to be doing this hour one of the things we are all about here at Marion Live is empowering you to be resourced so you can take all of the information that you have floating through your mind and turn it into practice, tools that are accessible for you. So when you need it most, <laughs> you can pull it from your tool belt and use it. So we practice, practice, practice. Uh, at the top of the hour, what we normally do together, if you've been with us again and again over the last 11 years, you're probably already breathing in and out. If you're joining us for the first time, here's all we do. We want to get present so we can receive our guests' presence. And being present is not a cliché. It sometimes sounds like one. But, boy, it is just the most fabulous way to arrive land, ground, find our center, all of those things that we know about. And here's just another opportunity in the real world to be able to do that. So if you're sitting down, go ahead and soften your eyes. If you're driving, you're going to need some dual awareness. So just listen, let it in. Your nervous system will soften. Uh, Whatever else you're doing, just go ahead and find your breath. Just notice where it is in your body. Nothing to do about it. Just notice. It might be in your belly. It might be rapid. Maybe you're walking, running. Just noticing what's happening. Oh, here's my breath. And then just begin to give yourself a little bit deeper breath. Yeah, here you go. You might even make an audible sound, the gift of your own sound. (sighs) Right? And then your nervous system starts to relax as you arrive a little more fully. It's free, it's easy, and it's a wonderful practice. 
I'll tell you, I get more comments about this part of the show than almost anything because we're all so very busy, very, very busy doing really important things. We need to survive. We have a lot on our plate. Bringing our conscious awareness to breath is such a gorgeous and important practice. So there we go. Breathing in and out. Next piece, we're going to get grateful somehow, some way. Oh, I can hear the groans. I am a groaner sometimes. I I know it is not easy to find our portal of gratitude, but I'm going to help you. <clears throat> this is the inquiry question for you. Who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. Who helped you do what you're doing right now? Who helped make it possible? Right? One person, ten people, a hundred people, maybe thousands of people were involved in helping you get a hold of that electronic device. The clothes you're wearing, the food in your belly, the home that you live in, the vehicle that you utilize to get yourself around, be it a bike, a Vespa, a car, public transportation, all the planning commissions, right? Just Notice all of the folks that it takes and see if you can't find your way to a shift in perspective. If you're already grateful, you're going to be more grateful. If you're struggling, you will find an avenue to just create some space, the breath and gratitude. I'm going to go down my list of folks <clears throat> excuse me, who make this program possible, starting with the OneWorldChildrensFund.org if you're online. Uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. At the national level, we've got the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. They make this program possible. 100% of the proceeds for that organization goes to programming just like this. <clears throat> and at the local level, here in Northern California, we've got the Open Secret Bookstore. Today, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation, and I believe them. I've been there a bazillion times and love it. As a matter of fact, and this is a great segue, my portal of gratitude is popping me over into what we are all poised and ready for today. Uh, if we're together, why do I feel so alone? This is a question, and it's the title of our guest's new book, Dr. Holly Parker, who's joining us today. She wants to help us build intimacy with an emotionally unavailable partner. Does this sound familiar? Is anybody perking up? Are you paying attention now? <laughs> we, we hear this all the time. Emotionally unavailable. She's emotionally unavailable. He's emotionally unavailable. We're going to find out what this actually means and what to do when we're living with an emotionally absent partner. Uh, she has taken care to create some archetypes for us. Uh, you'll find... Uh, in her book, when you get a copy, uh, there, there is a test, an ID test, so you can find out, uh, is your partner a critic, a sponge, an iceberg, an emotional silencer, a defender? And uh, you might find yourself constantly combating outright hostility or overcoming subtle distance and between you and your partner, and how this can leave you with the sense that the give and take in your relationship has disappeared and it's all you, right? Does that sound familiar? You're doing all the work. Well, clinical psychologist Dr. Holly Parker is joining us today, and she's going to help rescue us from the desperate, hopeless feelings that come with the, the, all of this uh, conversation around a 
trying to define our relationships and our lives uh, as they relate to our intimate partners. Oh, boy, Dr. Holly Parker, we are so glad you are here. Um, we need you. <laughs> yes, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Marianne. It's, it's truly an honor and a pleasure to be on your show, and I hope that you and your listeners are having a beautiful day. <laughs> well, it's going to be even more beautiful by the end of it, we know, because we, we are flummoxed so much of uh, relationship is uh, sort of a shooting from the hip, right? We, we think that... Uh, chemistry and love will conquer all. I hear that all the time with my clients uh, over the last 30 years. And, and why isn't love enough? If you love someone, it should be enough. You should want to be emotionally available for me, right? You know, it, it, your your point is so well taken, Marianne. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really true. And 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 what's what's pretty mind blowing, I think, about uh, relationships is that. Um, they are right, right to your point. Um, you would think, right, with with the great promise of of love and connection. Yeah. Well, God, why wouldn't we come running right into the arms of our partner? Right? Oh. Why? Why wouldn't ever? Why are we even having this kind of a conversation? Or adjust yourself. <laughs> make a few adjustments here. How hard can that be? That's right. That's Call right. up a feeling for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> just one. I just need the one feeling. <laughs> You know, with with um, you know 
monkeys who uh, who are deprived of connection to a mother, they are more likely to die. Humans without connection from the cradle to the grave. I mean, you know, th- throughout the course of our lives, if we don't have connection, that's a big risk for early mortality. So, yeah. so well, well, let's just say it. We need each other. Okay? We need each other. So this, we this could, yeah, and this pushes the stakes really high because it's not like you're standing there in a relationship with an emotionally unavailable partner going, ah, buzz off. That's you know right. what I mean? I don't need anybody. Oh, we absolutely, that is not true. We, we definitely do. We definitely do. And it, it's such a healthy need. And and, and I, I appreciate the, the phrase that you just used. The stakes are so high. Uh, you know, we, we want that connection. We want someone who we can go to, who we can love, who will love us, who we can accept, who will accept us. And precisely because the stakes are so high, that's what makes it so scary. Well, well let me ask being vulnerable so scary. Exactly. You're right. It makes it so scary. Dr. Parker, um, why is it then, and, and we're going to get into the gender story here, and just so you know, if you're tuning in just now, uh, we're with Dr. Holly Parker. She's written a book for us. If we're together, why do I feel so alone? How to Build Intimacy with an Emotionally Unavailable Partner. So this book is, is sort of bent towards the women, the, uh, female gender perspective, uh, right? Yes, um, it is. Although, you know, when in the book at, at one point, um, and I'm so glad that you're asking this question because it, it gives me an opportunity to, to really inform your listeners about this too, is that emotional unavailability, even though, even though the, um, you know, I, I wrote the book, um, you know, with women in mind, emotional unavailability is something that can strike anybody. Um, it it does not discriminate on the basis of gender. Um, and in fact, I, I in the book for men who are reading it, I invite them. I say, just flip the gender. You know, just yeah. just really because because the dynamics are really um, are really the same, um, and it it doesn't it doesn't discriminate on gender and it's um, it's definitely something that gets at the heart of um, what humans want most which is that connection and the pain of disconnection that happens when there is emotional unavailability and and the challenge is I think with relationships not only are they just so powerful and they can be so scary um, and so beautiful and rewarding, right, when there is connection. Mm-hmm. But, but also, oftentimes, the very things, and this also comes to mind for me when you, when you say, well, why, why isn't love enough? It's, it's a, a vital question. Oftentimes, the very things that we think are going to make a relationship work or the things that we think will foster connection um, or the, thing, the, the ideas that we have in our head about what really makes a relationship thrive are often, you know, not necessarily those things. You know, relationships can be kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, well, let's give an example because one of the things that this makes me think about is when you first get together, I always call it the 30-day or the 90-day wonder. You wonder what happened to the, that guy. <laughs> After 90 days, right? The one that opened the door, that brought flowers, pulled out your chair, you made love five times a day. You're just in this absolute, just gorgeous period that let's characterize it maybe in this moment as a very emotionally rich state, right? Because you're feeling all this chemistry, which is emotional. And then all of a sudden, you're like, what happened to that? 
Mm-hmm. What do we Absolutely. think about that? Absolutely. And and you know what's interesting is um, is that that piece. I think that actually really gets uh, very nicely at one of the elements of what can be counterintuitive in a relationship. Right. Right. It's, right. Is we can we can we can think to ourselves. Oh, okay. Well. Um, you know, love, love in and of itself, I mean, you, you really hit on this, that that will be what um, carries it. And oftentimes what we don't think about in a relationship, you know, we go along and, and if the flowers stop, right, if, if, the, if the sex slows down, if, um, you know, if, if it feels like, well, wait a second, you know, why, why am I not getting the same attention, right? Or, or even why is it that my partner seems to be pulling away mm-hmm. why is it that now you know we're, we're maybe getting into more sensitive territory we're opening up a little more it seemed like he or she was going to do that and now mm-hmm. now that's not happening mm-hmm. and the question can come up of well, well what what happened as opposed to what's happening in our relationship mm-hmm. what's going on in the system and mm-hmm. i think that's one of the hidden things that uh, we often don't think about. We assume that the relationship will happen, yeah. and and we we miss the fact that we're actually fifty percent of the relationship, and our partner is the other fifty percent, and that a relationship is actually much more alive than we give it credit for, um, and that we we're really in a system. It's kind of like um, I like to think about a bike and its gears. That uh, that if you change the gears, the the alignment of the chains shifts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and this doesn't mean um, this doesn't mean that um, you know that if that if something if something shifts right and and there's disconnection, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean that that we're doing something wrong. Right? Like you hit a pothole. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like like we're yeah exactly we're in a pothole, and and I think what can what can be disheartening is that then what can happen is it can feel like, well, there's something that happened in this relationship, and and so we can wind up feeling powerless, and we can also focus on um, how we can change our partner, right? So this is when uh, I I loved loved your point earlier about, well, hey, can I get an emotion word, right? (laughs) And and it's actually very common for people to say, hey, what happened? You used to do this for me, Mm -hmm. right? You don't give me flowers anymore. It's like this reaching out for connection. It's fear because it's scary if something like that stops, right? So so we might say, "Well, well, what's happening, right? You never talk. You're not telling me what's going on. You know, you, you don't seem to want to cuddle anymore. What's right. happening? And well, so we can pursue our partner and thinking that that's going to work, and then when it doesn't, then we can wind up feeling even more hopeless. Absolutely. I was going to jump in here, Holly, and say I think that's what maybe makes it so painful is because mm-hmm. our partner knows how to do it because they've done it. We've seen it. We've felt it. And then it's the absence of that, what we feel like we're being punished, we've done something wrong, something's wrong with right. them, right. Uh, what we can't put our finger on what happened here. That's so right. what your book addresses for us is to identify, you know, some of those attachment wounds and how they, how they constellate in individual folks, right? And, yes. and keeping in mind, everybody, that I love that you said this, that we are dynamic, complex individuals are constantly moving parts, constantly growing new data, new information. So we, we that's the good news. 
Yeah. And it's also, you know, the bad news in the sense that this is this is complex. So your your guideposts, your archetypes, your um, a lens to look at some of the areas that are uh, problem points uh, is really useful. How did you come up with these uh, identifying these personality types? Yeah, you know what? The, what I wanted to do is I, I wanted to create, and I think the the archetype, you know, in, in your your reference to that, I think it's right on point. I was really envisioning them as examples of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so it wasn't wasn't thinking of them um, as much about you know, even kind of like. It, it, Rather than you know, personality like specific kind of buckets or personalities. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah, I, I so love that you archetypes. That. Yeah. There's um, that these are really challenges that people can can interact, kind of intersect with in their relationships, and I really came up with these as a way of describing um, some of the um, some of the common kinds of barriers people can run into, and really created these out of the scientific literature as well as uh, my own clinical observations of uh, some of the emotional barriers that people right. can run into. Well, hold that thought, everybody. Sit tight. We're going to be right back right here on Marion Live. Don't touch that dial more with Dr. Holly Parker. If we're together, why do I feel so alone? Well, grab onto somebody. Give yourself a hug. We will be back. We'll be together in just a minute. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Oh, don't you just love relationships? Oh, my gosh. We spend so much time, all of us, talking about how to sort out our relationships. Uh, you know, it is is something that we just can't move beyond. You know what? Because it's a survival thing. We need each other. I'm, I'm okay saying it. I'll say it for you. I need you. We need each other. It's okay. And it's painful when we can't seem to figure out how to create flow and respect and 
you know, uh, an emotional connection with our partner. So Dr. Holly Parker is here today to help us sort some of this out. What do we do when we find that we are in a situation that we feel so alone in a relationship because perhaps we're with an emotionally unavailable partner? Holly, I'm going to ask you, uh, if you would, define emotionally unavailable so we can get really clear before we pop down the rabbit hole here. Yes, that's a great question. It's, and, and what I love about it, too, is, is we are really good socially at just bandying that phrase about, aren't we? We can say, yeah. oh, this person's emotionally available, that person's emotionally unavailable, and, and without necessarily having a clear sense of what we're talking about. So basically, uh, emotional unavailability can take different forms, but the, the, broad, the broad idea is that it is essentially when someone is unwilling or unable to cultivate and maintain an emotional bond with another person. It's when they're not... Um, not actively participating in creating a mutually fulfilling, healthy relationship. Okay, so I'm going to just speak to the obvious here. Mm-hmm. Uh, are people actually in a relationship then if you're with someone who's not able to be emotionally available? I mean, are we calling a relationship something that it isn't? Or is that a bad relationship? Or you know what I'm saying? You kind of get where I'm going here. Absolutely, I definitely do. The way that the way that I think about it is, um, you know, here what we're um, what we're what we're talking about in someone who is um, unwilling or unable to cultivate a relationship. Um, this is really it, it's definitely not somebody uh, who you know. If you say, well, hey, I, I'm really interested in you, the other person says, well, sorry, I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that that person's un- is unavailable. Right. But let's say that. Um, you know, and, and I think this is a, a really common way that people can find themselves um, in an emotionally unavailable relationship. You know, I, I think of people a lot like onions. You know, mm-hmm. everybody gets to see the outer layer, mm-hmm. but but not everybody gets to see the inner layer mm-hmm. as you move downward. So if somebody goes on a date with somebody else, uh, they may have a great time with someone who's unavailable. Potentially, right? That, mm-hmm. that uh, this is someone who could, um, you know, engage. That the risk isn't as high. Um, you know, they're just going out for dinner, having a good time, and they may even, you know, go on several dates with someone. I mean, really, when when we're dating someone, we actually don't spend relative to, you know, when the relationship is serious, we don't spend a whole lot of time. When that with that person, right? So it could be a few dates here. It could be day, you know, a full day. It could be day trips and overnight, weekends, you know, maybe a vacation here and there, mm-hmm. but not the day-to-day experience of living together. Mm-hmm. And as the relationship, um, at, when when there's the possibility that the relationship could go deeper, mm-hmm. um, when someone is um, holding out the opportunity to spend more time together. Mm-hmm. This is when uh, emotional unavailability can rear its head, right? Got it. The envelope gets pushed for that person, Got it. and they cannot go. They cannot cultivate that relationship and take it to a deeper place. Yeah, so they can't maintain it. Yeah, or don't there, want there, to. there's been some line that's been crossed. You make yeah. love. You are exclusive. Yeah. You've had some kind of a, uh, an agreement together that, that's me and you. Right. We're doing this. That's right. right. Okay. That's so right. So here we are. We're in a relationship, 
and you are increasingly finding that feeling of aloneness. So you pick up your book and you look at the ID test. What are we going to find there? Like, I'm trying to figure out what kind of emotionally unavailable partner I have. What are we going to find when we look at some of these um, uh, identifying uh, features of these types or of behavior? Yeah, what what you're going to find is so that there are um, six main overarching uh, you know kinds of challenges mm-hmm. uh, that I talk about, and and you know there can even be this this list doesn't even encapsulate all the different ways that emotional unavailability can be present. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, for example, emotional unavailability can rear its head in the face of addiction. Um, and it, it can take that form. Um, but if we think about um, some of these uh, kind of subtypes uh, that really have um, a lot of their basis in um, fear of intimacy, um, the first one is um, the critic. And this is someone who, uh, contrary to having, you know, somebody where you hear the idea of the, um, someone wearing rose-colored glasses, this is the flip side of that. Um, this is someone who sees their relationship and their partner with a much darker lens. So uh, it, in this, if you're in a relationship with someone like this, um, it can feel like nothing you do is right. Uh, that you're criticized a lot, um, and it's it's the sense of you know you can't win. The someone who's a critic is likely to uh, negatively view um, how what your intentions are, make uh, negative assumptions about you know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, um, and so it, it just feels like you you don't seem to get the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Uh, an, another another subtype is the emotional silencer, and this is someone who um, is may may struggle to identify what they're feeling, um, and they may either feel disconnected from from their emotions, or they may not want to touch them. Right, so so they may just really try to avoid their feelings as much as they can, and. In addition to that, what can also happen is the emotional silencer could feel uncomfortable with your feelings mm. and, uh, you know, may not want to hear them, may not want to talk about them, may avoid them and steer clear of them. So it feels like if you're talking about other kinds of issues, the emotional silencer is on board. But when you start veering into emotional territory, mm-hmm. that's, where, um, that's where the disconnection happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then there's the defender. Uh, this is someone who um, really puts up that suit of armor against a threat. That threat could be real, right? So, um, so it could be, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you've um, told your partner, hey, if you don't stop this, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it could be, um, you know, a criticism, right, or, or, or something that, that feels threatening. Or it could be imaginary. Um, maybe the defender is afraid that you don't love him or her. Um, or is afraid that, that they're not measuring up. And so what happens is the, that, that shield that goes up for the defender can take a couple of different forms. 
Uh, it can take the form of attacking, right? So it could be blaming, and, and um, if you've if you've ever uh, you know maybe been in this situation, or or you know seen another couple go through this, where one person uh, criticizes the other, and the person says, "Hey, what are you talking about? I didn't do anything wrong. You're the one. This was your fault, right?" So that's kind of you know an example of that. But this is this is. Um, this is someone who tends to do that a lot, who returns blame, who returns criticism. And, uh, or the defender can withdraw mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, uh, do what I call the kind of facial blue screen and just, um, you know, emotionally go to another place and either emotionally or physically withdraw or both. Really, really sensitive territory takes sometimes months, even years to find out that, uh, this part of someone can emerge, and uh, what are we going to do about it? Well, when we return, we're going to find some techniques uh, to help remove the barriers that can keep you apart from your partner, and that maybe doesn't include saying, hey, read this chapter on yourself. (laughs) We're going to be back right after these messages. Don't touch that dial back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET, they've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody. Yes, this is the Evelyn Wood version of relationships. The good news is, Dr. Holly Parker, she's written a book for you. If we're together, why do I feel so alone? Don't worry. You can repeat this broadcast. You can get all the types in the book. You can take the test. And maybe even invite your partner in on the conversation. All right, Holly, before the break, we were talking about the types. Let's finish up the types briefly so folks can hear the rest of the three types of challenges. Sure. So, um, so basically what, um, you know, the, the next type 
is um, is the uh, fearful fraud, and this is somebody who um, you know really is afraid of the idea that you might see who they are and find that they're wanting that you don't you're not interested. So this is somebody who will don a mask. Um, who will uh, try to um, maybe deny what their real needs are. They may avoid conflict, really trying to be somebody who they're not. Um, and so you don't get past that barrier of the mask to really get to know them. Uh, another one is the sponge. And this is, this is somebody who uh, puts the onus for their happiness on their partner and the relationship. So this is somebody who, um, you know, doesn't doesn't have a good uh, relationship with themselves, um, may not have a sense of personal purpose or meaning. And the challenge, though, for the sponge is this is this is someone who um, really can't seem to get what they want either way. Because on the one hand, they desperately want your love and affection and reassurance, and on the other hand, because they're waiting for the other shoe to drop and they're just waiting for the time when you're going to decide that you don't want them, mm-hmm. um, gestures of love and affection won't, aren't easily accepted, so they'll kind of wonder, like if you make your partner dinner mm-hmm. and this nice new dinner and then your partner may wonder, well, okay, wait, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why is she doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's going to come next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally there's the iceberg, and this is somebody who... Um, has this kind of cool, uh, cool veneer who uh, tends to minimize connection, uh, will tell themselves that they don't need someone that they, that, or that they don't need deep connection, and, uh, and will minimize uh, the relationship. You may feel like your importance in the relationship is minimized, and you may wonder what your value is mm-hmm. in the relationship mm-hmm. at all. So those are really the six of the main challenges. And you've got them all laid out in the book. They're very well explained. You can find your way into the conversation. So here we are. Let's say you relate to one of these or more than one, right? Um, what do we do? Because, you know, like you say, it's, it's, a, it's folly to think that we can change people. But yet, when is it worth it and when is it, is it not? There's these three questions here, but, you know, there are techniques to help bring us closer. We're going yes. We're going to speak to those, but but can we really, and, and how do we begin the conversation? How do we get started? Yeah, you know, it's, um, I, I think that a really important point uh, that I'd invite your listeners to come back to is uh, to remind themselves that they are 50% of the relationship. And I say that not in a way that invites self-blame or self-criticism, but actually empowerment, um, that we're, we are a system. And so when we change it actually increases the odds that our partner is likely to change. Oh, you mean there's something wrong with me? <laughs> you know, what? It, actually, no, I, I love that you said that, right, because I think that's a really common it reaction. If you would asked, just blah, 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 I would be okay. I was sure of it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and you know what? It's, it's really common for, for, uh, for us to think, okay, if, if we're with an, an emotionally unavailable partner, to say, okay, if I only, maybe if I give my partner an ultimatum, or maybe if I tell my partner how much, uh, they're hurting me. Or maybe if I, 
you know, tell them what they need to do differently. Mm -hmm. Then that will make things better. The challenge is, and I even invite your your readers to think about this for themselves, is um, if they've tried that, how often has it worked? Yeah, right. And oftentimes, I think this is one of those uh, really tricky aspects of relationships is that the more we try to get our partner to do something different, even, and this isn't to say that we're doing anything wrong. I mean, it takes two people to build a relationship. It can take one person to destroy it, right? So it doesn't have to be that um, your listeners are doing anything wrong. People can be unavailable all on their own, right, With, without our help. Um, that the the challenge is that, these things that we will often think of, naturally think of, pleading with our partner, begging them to come closer to us, criticizing them, you know, withdrawing, right, because we're just burned out and we're frustrated. Bribing oh, them. Yeah, bribing <laughs> with them. With all bribing kinds them. of things. Oh, right? my God, the, the list can go on and on, and it's so human and it's so understandable. Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, those are often the very things that not only do they not work, um, frequently they don't work. Um, it'd be yeah. great if they did, but oftentimes they don't. And they can often be the very things that yeah. um, can lead our partner to right. move even farther away. So what techniques do you recommend that do work? Yeah, I would, I would say one thing. So this is kind of where if, if we think about, when I, when I talk about changing ourselves, what I mean is really thinking about um, how making conscientious choices about how we respond to our partner and doing things that actually send the message to our partner that I'm here for you, I love you, I'm safe, right? Because if, if we think about all of these challenges that we just talked about as being a reflection of fear, then, then if we can uh, create uh, a new emotional tone in our, in our relationship, at least on our side of the fence, we can't, we can't control what our partner does. But if we can try to flip the script in our relationship and do a few different things to both decrease negativity and increase warmth and connection and positivity, then we increase the safety in a relationship and increase the odds that someone will approach. So what does that look like? Um, what I think is really exciting uh, about the things that we can do in relationships is that some of these things are actually what we can do in-house. In other words, how we think uh, about our partner and about our relationship because, believe it or not, there's um, quite a bit of science showing that when we change how we think about our relationship, it kind of leaks out mm-hmm. in, in these subtle ways that we don't even realize to our partner and can change how our partner feels in the relationship and can change our partner's behavior. So a couple of brief examples would be, and I'm going to borrow um, something that you said at the beginning. It made me smile when you talked about gratitude uh, because gratitude is uh, one of those beautiful relationship builders. When we take time and we think about what we appreciate in our partner, those qualities that we love, and even if it's hard, right, there are times, you know, if, if, if there's disconnection when it's hard to find something lovable, mm-hmm. um, but if, if, if you can really reach in and think about, um, you know, aspects of your partner that you appreciate to try to change um, your perception and look for anything that your partner does right, even if it's taking out the trash, right, kind of any small thing that you can appreciate, um, if you appreciate your partner's um, you know, uh, you know, work ethic, or you appreciate um, things that your partner has done for you. 
And just really thinking about that can not only change how we feel, but actually when we think about our appreciation for our partner, that predicts our partner feeling happier in the relationship, even if we don't actually thank our partner for anything. Simply how we think about our relationship can make that difference. Um, and so that's, I think that's one of the big ones. Also, really thinking uh, from uh, what's called an approach mindset. Uh, when we're scared, especially, it can be very natural. Think about uh, what we avoid, right, or avoiding problems. Instead, to think about, okay, what nice thing can I do for my partner today? How can I make my partner laugh? Um, you know, is there a way that I can, um, you know, show my partner my love and commitment? And then there are a range of things, aside from how we think about our partner, things that we can do, um, like little tokens of love and commitment or showing with our body language. And that's, a, I think, a really huge thing um, that we're positive toward our partner, that we care about our partner and we're safe. All right, everybody, sit tight. We're going to break. And the thing to think about is where do we draw the line, right? What is not negotiable? When do, when is it just enough? Enough is enough. You need to meet me. I can't do all the work in this relationship. We've got some tools. We've got shift in perspective. When we return, we're going to find out more with Dr. Holly Parker right here on Marion Live. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No, no More Love, love life, life Drama, drama for, for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where. Relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlive.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com what does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Healthy Life Life.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everybody. Well, I don't know about you, but I cannot get enough practice at relationship skills, techniques, information. 
Uh, because everything is relationship, right? Uh, you and me, us, you and yourself, you and your partner, which is what we're talking about with Dr. Holly Parker today. How do we know when we're with somebody emotionally unavailable? We've talked about that. What are some of the characteristics? And when you find yourself there, what are the techniques that we can use to navigate, to open up, to help heal and move our relationship into deeper intimacy? Well, those are the, the areas we've covered so far now. Uh, Dr. Parker, what do you think about when is enough enough? How do we know when we have crossed the line? And, and let's touch on some of the deeper issues when our partner is struggling with maybe mental illness. Yeah. You know, um it's emotional unavailability uh, can absolutely uh, connect and, and cross with uh, mental illness. In fact, um, you know, if, if I think one one way that I, I think about it is um, if if you've ever you know maybe run or fallen and you've really scraped your knee and your hands really badly, um, that pain is all you can see. And so for someone who is um, in the grip of addiction, who is, um, you know, really, um, you know, in the grip of, of deep mental pain, that, that can sometimes be all that they can see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can, um, you know, that can go along with, um, that can overlap with some of these other issues we've, that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Some of these issues, um, you know, can be motivated, actually. Um, you know, there, there can be the root cause, um, you know, struggles with mental illness can mm-hmm. actually manifest in, in some of these challenges we've talked about. And I think that that's, that's why one of the things that I, I um, really wanted to note in the book was uh, to invite people to think about what might be happening. And not that, you know, not that, um, you know, they may necessarily know, um, but I think if to the extent that we can sort through and, and try to get a sense of what might be going on. So, you know, is, um, is your partner really struggling with deep depression? Mm-hmm. Um, is your partner struggling with the effects of trauma and, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, is, is the past really consuming their present, um, like with post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is there addiction? Um, you know, what's what's coming up here? And and I think that um, you know, it's it's important to it's important to get a sense of that as best we can, because then we can start to make meaning of it. We can wrap our minds around it, mm-hmm. and we can, you know, I, I think it's easier to cope with something when you've got a sense. Right. Of what might be going on, yeah. um, and in the end, no matter you know, no matter what's no matter what's driving it, I think that there are certain um, certain parallels. Um, the the question of uh, whether to seek help uh, for you know um, for the relationship, um, you know, how to talk to a partner about that. Um, you know, those are those are elements that people may consider, um, and there's no guarantee that a partner will be open uh, to thinking about uh, therapy. And um, you know, everyone uh, everyone has to. It's a balancing act to think about mm-hmm. how we present that, uh, because for some people they can be open to it in different ways, um, or whether to go to couples therapy. Mm-hmm. But also, there's there's a really important question here across um, any kind of availability of um, how long we're willing to stay mm-hmm. and why well, how we, do we stay. Know? How do, and how do we know when to leave? You know, it. I've I've actually um, I've had people. Uh, I think I've worked with a lot of people who have been ambivalent 
in their relationships and who are just agonizing within themselves about whether to stay or whether to go. And what I always tell people is, is because I value relationships so much, um, my goal is not to keep every relationship together, right? There are times yeah. when, you know, two people are together and they shouldn't be. And I, what I do instead of, instead of telling people um, whether they should leave or not, I offer certain questions and invite people to think about this for themselves because at the end of the day, um, I always think of it as a 3 a.m. moment uh, that people are going to be in their beds at night at 3 a.m. either with their partner or without their partner, and they're the ones who have to really face the full consequences of whatever their decisions are, right, whether it's stay or leave. And so certain questions that I invite people to think about include um, what's the history of your relationship? Um, has it always been a struggle, or or is this something that has uh, appeared more recently, right? Has your, was your partner available and then... Yeah, is it a chronic, right? Yeah, exactly. How long has this been going on? Yeah. Um, when you know, when you think about the idea of of being with your partner and, and staying in the relationship, or when you imagine leaving, how do you feel? What feelings does that bring up for you? Um, if you know, if if your partner were to change in any way. Uh, what kinds of changes would you need to, to see in order to stay in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you're willing to do differently in order to stay in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Have well, you have you had a lot of doubts or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think ultimately um, one more question I'd invite people to to think about is. Um, if if you were to leave, right? If you kind of just sit and, and really listen to yourself, um, is this is it a decision that um, you would regret, or is it something that you would feel sad about, but at some level would know you did the right thing? These are all really good questions, and everybody, we're coming up to the top of the hour. There is a lot here, Dr. Parker, a lot to consider. Yeah. Uh, you've written a beautiful book to help walk us through this. Um, what do you want to leave us with? We know that you're living these principles. You've got a great relationship. You speak from experience. What do you want to leave us with today? You know, I, I would invite people uh, to listen, um, to really listen to yourself, to listen to your partner, to really listen with your heart, and to be kind to yourself, um, you know, to really be compassionate um, because when, when we're compassionate to ourselves, um, it creates more room for us to be compassionate to our partner. Um, the research shows that, um, and we can never lose um, with more love and kindness directed right. to ourselves. Yeah, and then and then you can always leave the chapter open with a little flag on it. Just. Strategically in the bathroom. I'm just saying, we're going to break here. Uh, Dr. Holly Parker, thanks for joining us today. We hope you come back and join us again on Marianne Live. Oh, I would be delighted. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, and I wish you and your listeners the very best. Thank you. If we're together, why do I feel so alone? Don't worry about it. Go to drhollyparker.com, get a copy of the book, and on our way, we will go back right after these messages, everybody. Hi, 
everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Everybody, so glad you are with us today. And uh, here we are at the top of the hour, at the end of the show, where we pause for just a moment and think, hmm, oh yeah, there's some work to do here. Well, I'm glad we get to do it together. Thanks for joining us again and again. And thanks again to Dr. Holly Parker for her book, uh, If We're Together, Why Do I Feel So Alone? Some great tips, tools, and skills. Check out her website, drhollyparker.com. And please join us next week when we've got. Uh, Henry Fursco Weiss, he's going to be with us talking about his book, Caring for the Dying. Oh, a topic that is really pressing on so many of us today. How do we do that? How do we even get into the conversation? Well, we're going to help you right here on Marion Live. In the meantime, check out our website. We've done a refresh for you, MarianLive.com. We've got workshops. We've got tools, skills, all the stuff that will help support or direct you to what you need uh, to help you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships, including uh, a deck that my husband and I created uh, to help you check in with the divine intuition that lives inside of you. The Great Relationships Begin Within Divination Deck uh, is available online. Go to MarianLive.com for more information and go do something good for somebody else today. Don't let them know you did it. That will be the third-party practice. We'll see you next week, everybody. Blessings until then.